and welcome to another episode of Cover 7. We are breaking down the reigning defending champions, the Vienna Vikings. One year in the ELF and one ELF title. Shout out to Vienna. A dominant season last year. Now they go in trying to defend what's theirs, defend the crown. Uh, Daniel, how do you feel about the Vikings going into 2023? Yeah, I mean, from their offseason so far, it looks like they haven't changed much, right? And so if, it's a, if it worked before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so you have to be confident. They're playing in a probably quite easy conference this year. So, yeah, you have to automatically have them as favorites already. Yeah, I think most uh, Vienna fans are feeling pretty good about their core coming back. Um, we know, obviously, Chris Kaleke is like Mr. Vienna. He's been there like 15 years. He used to be the quarterback for the Vikings. Now he's won, what, like eight championships there over the years. I mean, he's a really one of the most accomplished coaches in Europe. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, he knows the guys. He knows the core group of players. He knows... And what's more is that he knows how to recruit domestic talent. And I think that's really important. And that is why the foundations of that team are so strong, because he's so embedded in the community. Um, and I think that's why year after year they produce such a strong team, despite having numerous teams in the region um, taking players as well. Absolutely. I mean, we saw in the first year of the ELF, uh, they're able to pull guys from all over the Austrian Football League I know there was one guy from Graz that you loved, uh, Thomas Schnurrer, is back again for 2023. What, can we, what do we know that what – what do you want to tell us about this guy uh, going into next season? Yeah, just an absolute animal. Great attitude, uh, brings, a, brings a great energy to the team, a leader, downhill tackler, can do it all. He can cover, he can tackle. Um, yeah, he's just, a, he's just that guy you want to lean on on defense, and he's domestic, right? doesn't count as an A, doesn't count as an EU – um, and so, yeah, he's just a great player. He's been doing it in Austria for a long time, and I think he'll continue to do so this year. He's still a young guy. Yeah, I really like this uh, Vikings defense. They're bringing back a lot of the core they have, um, especially with their defensive backs. Benjamin Strait, Louis Horvath is back. And, of course, Mr. Versatile Swiss Army Knife, Xavier Edwards, who played all over the field. It almost didn't matter where you put him. This guy was making plays. 100%. And again, he's another energy guy, right? I think when you see him on defense, he played safety in college, I believe. Um, that was his position, right? Um, and I, I, you can kind of feel it when he's on the field at safety. He feels more comfortable. Um, he just, yeah, he just, just flies around, tries to knock people's heads off, brings a lot of energy. And I think he works very well with uh, the rest of the defense. And yeah, I think he'd be someone else you want to lean on um, on defense going into next season. Absolutely. And I'm sure that him coming back for another year in Vienna working with the same group of DBs is going to be uh, tenfold, like in development and overall growth of that defense. They are adding an interesting guy. Um, you know, a lot of teams have gone with two A's on defense, uh, maybe in the defensive backfield or a linebacker. But interestingly enough, Vienna's choosing to get um, another American at the defensive line, a defensive end in Jamarcus Henderson. Um, he's a guy that's intriguing to me because he was a Division II All-American. He broke a bunch of records. And then he went and played last year in Finland. And um, he played for the worst team in the top league. Um, but he was their only bright spot. He had a bunch of sacks and was basically making highlight reel plays for them every week, uh, trying to keep them in games. So I'm really excited to see him make that jump from the Finnish league to the ELF. 
Hundred um, percent. Another couple of guys I'm excited about uh, on offense. Obviously, new quarterback uh, Chris Helbig, um, who was the uh, Potsdam quarterback last year, absolutely destroyed it um, during the regular season. Threw like 36 touch- touchdowns, only about five picks. Um, yeah, just destroyed it. He didn't play in the final, uh, which they ultimately lost, which is unfortunate because we would have liked to see the showdown between um, the Shropshire Hall Unicorns and Potsdam. But we didn't see it. But he's coming to Elf this year, so now we can see what he's really about. Um, a lot of people said that he was playing in a dying league, and so that's why he got tore up. But you, ha- you can't doubt how good this guy is, you know what I mean? Um, he definitely has a lot of talent. Um, possibly even better than who they had last year at quarterback. Um, and then, obviously, Weston Carlin, Weston Carlin, Jordan Boa, and uh, Florian Vierbanner uh, backing him up on offense as well. The Wiegan brothers are back. Um, yeah, it just seems like a stacked offense, probably even more so than last year. And I reckon they're going to be a bit more aggressive. But there was a lot of underneath throws last year. Whereas this year, you might be trying to take the lid off a bit. Um, so it could be a whole new dimension to the offense. Yeah, I'm expecting to see this offense make some strides. Uh, you know, I think uh, Jackson Urban was really solid last year, but Helbig is a is a totally different quarterback. He's far more mobile. Um, they're bringing in John Shannon, who was a former offense coordinator at uh, Marshall and Jackson State and um, really accomplished coach um, who has put up some big records. Uh, he was also the OC at Toledo and one like offensive coordinator of the year at one point um, in college football. So big uh, offensive mind coming to the ELF in Austria. So I imagine he'll have some nice plays for Helbig, Carr, and um, the rest of this offense. Um, so another guy that we missed out on seeing last year, what do you think about Florian Bierbaumer? Yeah, I spoke about him previously. He's a big body tight end. Saw him in Graz in the Austrian League uh, when I was covering the Austrian League a couple of years ago. And he just stood out to me. Big body, uh, very mobile, moves like a small person in a big man's body, can make all the catches. Um, played, he's actually signed to play for Vienna last year, but only uh, played about three games, I believe, due to injury. So this year, with that whole new setup, new quarterback, a few new weapons, um, new offensive coordinator, how can we see an explosion from Beer Bomb this year? Um, some people last year, when he made a couple of plays, were thinking that he could be a NFL IPP prospect, potential, potentially uh, Bernard Sykovitz 2.0 kind of vibes with Beer Bomber. What do you think about that from what you've seen? I think it was a miss. I think it was an absolutely huge miss. I mean, the NFL IPP program is not perfect. They're going to miss guys every so often. Europe is a bit of a – it's like the dark ages a bit, do you know what I mean? It's like medieval, like people can't read and write, do you know what I mean? They don't really know what's going on. Um, just look at stats, look at wins. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to find all the players. But I think they really miss him with Beer Bomber. He is a exceptional player. And if he has a good season, maybe he gets selected for IPP this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you'd think he'd be at one of these combines uh, for sure, but – who knows? Why not? Um, another guy I really like uh, that they're bringing in is Kari Pyrin from Finland. Sorry if I butchered your last name. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy's a stud running back to catch the ball, break tackles, uh, led the German Football League in rushing last year, um, was part of uh, Helbig's team with the Potsdam Royals uh, for an offense that averaged over 40 points a game and nearly 500 yards. So, um Needless to say, uh, Kari had lanes to run through, but he's had success. He's played um, for the Helsinki Roosters in the past, 
and been their bell cow back. And also, whenever the Finnish national team is playing, watch out for him. He's made some big plays on the national international stage as well. Yeah, and I think if you have him, in, obviously he doesn't count as a as an A. And if you have Chris Helbig, Xavier Edwards, and Beer Bummer, obviously Western Car counts as American behind the sideline, and you play something a bit more, you know, it opens up a whole new dimension. If you could have, if you could have, you know, you got the Wigan brothers, um, um, Perry, and then Chris Helbig and Xavier Edwards in the background. Back forward all at one time. Do you know what I mean? That's like opens up so many dimensions to your team. And you can start taking deep shots of Jordan Bow, who's on the field because he's not American as well. I just think this offense is just going to be if if they can utilize all their weaponry um, and, and their arsenal, then I think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I think one thing that we can expand on is how um, Chris Kaleke and the Vikings have been recruiting. I mean, we see them um, plucking, you know, some of the best players in the Austrian Football League and bringing them to Vienna. We saw that um, in their first year. And I'm sure now that the ELF has become even more established, there's more young guys from the Austrian football scene looking to join Vienna. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it seems to be the avenue. I mean, if you live in Austria already, and I played in Austria previously, and they take football very seriously there from a young age, right? They've got amazing youth programs, absolutely amazing quite the best I've seen in Europe. And there's no way that if you're a young kid in Vienna, you're not going to want to play for the Vikings, right? You're on the big stage, you've got the social media presence, all the hype around it. So, yeah, I just think they've got everything set up to attract the best talent in the country. Absolutely. I mean, Vienna Vikings, got to give them a shout out. Um, They have two guys in the NFL. Like, you got it. That's pretty cool. Uh, A lot of colleges can't say that, you know? Uh, Bernard Raymond and Bernard Sakovitz. Pretty pretty cool to see that. Um, so you know that Austria is developing talent um, at a pretty exceptional rate. 100%. Um, and yeah, moving on from that, I just feel like the division they're playing is going to play a big part this year, the conference rather. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the Eastern Conference, we have the Prague Lions, a little bit of a question mark. Berlin Thunder, you know, plays along the same tune. We don't really know what we're going to get with them, but I imagine they'll be better. The Enthroners, another question mark going into the year. Um, Leipzig, uh, they've kind of been up and down in their two years of the ELF. And then um, Roslaw maybe is their biggest challenge out of that conference. Yeah, I agree. And I think, as with most teams in Europe, it's going to come down to domestic talent here. And I feel like um, the Panthers, Russell Panthers, and the Vienna Vikings are going to um, sport the, the strongest domestic talent this year. They they both develop talent. They both bring in the best talent in the country. Whereas the Enthroners, and the Lions, and the Leipzig Kings, like they have struggled with domestic talent in the past. Um, with Berlin Thunder, I think it's a different story. And I think their receiving core is maybe second to none this year. Um, but the other the other guys, the Arakan, those one on one matchups might end up leaving some holes for the Americans um, in the season. Yeah, Berlin and um, the Enthroners would definitely be interesting. Uh, I think Prague Prague and the Enthroners can kind of set themselves up as like a national team, sort of, like with Barcelona. Um, and I imagine Berlin will become sort of the football hub for a big city. So there's potential for those three franchises, but they just haven't put it together, right, at the ELF stage. Um, so we'll see. All right, with that being said, We're going to predict the Vienna Vikings 2023 
schedule. Week one, Daniel. Vienna's on the road with the aforementioned Berlin Thunder. Who's getting that W week one? You know what? I feel like Berlin are going to shock some teams this year and be a lot better than people think they are, they are going to be. Um, better than they were last year as well, especially with that really strong receiving core. But I think that the Vikings, even though the Vikings might have a slow start, even though they might get a few things wrong because they just have so much in their arsenal, I still think they win just on pure depth of roster. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they just have way more experience than uh, Berlin. They've been the core has been together longer. It's a tough, tough matchup for Berlin week one. Um, then week two, I, I'm going to go with Vikings again, um, hosting the Prague Lions. Um, I bet that stadium in Vienna is going to be rocking. They're going to be psyched to support their championship team's return. Um, tough place for Vienna to go week two, or for Prague to go week two, excuse me. 100%. Uh, Leipzig Kings next, week three, June 24th at Vienna. Again, Leipzig, I, I, I can't see them winning that game. I don't know. I haven't seen anything um, from them in the last couple of years that made me think they can beat a team like Vienna now. Um, I just don't think they have the, 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 the domestic talent. Yeah, Leipzig, you kind of don't know what you're going to get from them week to week. So, um, yeah, going to pass on them as well. Here's a good one. Vikings. Go to Hungary. Uh, tough road game. I could see this being a trap game maybe if Vienna starts 3-0. But going to give it to Vienna. Um, just think there'll be more talented core of guys uh, going in on the road. 100%. Um, but you forget the proximity, right? I mean, Hungary is, um, just outside Budapest, obviously, where Sweden Thrones are from. Like, they're not that far away from Vienna. Right, and they haven't had experience with Austrian teams in the past, so this isn't complete unknown for them. Um, and so it could be a maybe in throwing a sneak uh, shock victory here, but yeah, I agree with you; it's unlikely. Um, next is Vienna Vikings at Reyes Tyrol. Used to be a grudge match. Used to be the biggest game in Europe. Last year kind of showed that Raiders aren't that team anymore, unfortunately. I hope things turn. I hope things turn around for them because they are a favorite of mine. I've, I've played them before, and it was a great atmosphere. They were good guys to play against, great fans. But they're going to struggle without Sean Shelton. Sean Shelton was their rock for so many years, um, and I don't know how they're going to move on without him. Yeah, this is sort of like um, you know we were talking outside of it about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I almost feel that way about Raiders and then Sean Shelton. Um, but obviously Sean Sheldon's not playing, at least not now for the Munich Ravens. We'll see. Maybe he suits up if someone gets injured. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, yeah, this is a huge game. I'm glad the league kept this rivalry uh, going. Obviously, uh, from a business point, it's a revenue driver for both these teams, I'd imagine. And oh, it's just good for, for the growth of football, I think, that these two teams are playing each other. Um, like you said, Raiders kind of used to bully the Vikings, you know, uh, at least recently before the ELF. Um, yeah, you would the, think they, just, they, they won the last Austrian bowl they were both in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but, you know, that's those are long gone days of the past now. Uh, Vikings uh, own this rivalry of late. So, um, yeah, we'll see how, how it goes down uh, week six. But that will definitely be one that people will be tuned into. Moving on, we have the aforementioned Panthers coming to Vienna. 
I think if Vienna is six and zero, they drop this game because I feel pretty good about Rosla, other than the quarterback, which is obviously a big <laughs> question mark. Uh, but I'm going to give this to Rosla because I don't want to have predict a perfect season either. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think Rosla gets goes on the road and gets this W. Yeah, I mean, I would take the the, the second game in Poland as opposed to the one in, in Vienna. Um, but yeah, I think if, if someone can do it in, in the end of the season, it can be Roslaw. And they've had a really unfortunate season last year. I think they lost three QBs um, and they had a good roster as well. Um, I think they've lost a few key players this year, so they might not be as good. But if they can get the quarterback going, then um, yeah, they could be a team to watch out for. Uh, the following week, we have Berlin at Vienna. Again, um, I feel like this, it might be a close game. I think Berlin could put up some points on Vienna's secondary just with that unbelievable uh, receiving core, but I think they lose um, and lose by 10 to 15 points. Yeah, tough place for a really good passing offense to go. Uh, good secondary for Vienna, loud crowd. It's tough, tough to win there. Um, Vienna traveling to Leipzig. I got them winning there again. Um, I think they sweep the Kings this year. Um, how do you feel about week 11? You just talked about it. Uh, yeah, if I had to, if I had to give Vienna a loss this season, this would be the game, not the first one. Um, but I only think they're going to lose one game if they do lose a game. So because you've already given them the win, uh, given uh, Rossell the win um, in the first game, then I'll give them a loss in this game. But this is the game I think they will actually lose, just because yeah, it's in Poland, it's an away game. Panthers will be ready; they'll know what they're going to do. They've had time to scheme against them, so yeah. Yeah, I could see them dropping this one, especially if they're nine and zero or ten and zero at this point. Um, yeah, going to be a trap game for sure. Um, I only think they'll lose the game at home potentially because they'll be on this high. We just beat the Raiders in Innsbruck, and now we're sleeping on an actually good team from Poland coming. But moving on, week twelve, Raiders at Vikings, huge game. Boy, uh, this. Yeah, like we said, the, t- the tables have turned. The Raiders are in a new era, just like the Packers, you know, moving on. Christian Strong, Jordan Love, Rodgers is gone. Sean Shelton is gone. Uh, yeah, you know, this is just in my head uh, as a Packers fan. But, uh, yeah, I think Vienna gets this win. Um, I don't know what that says about my Packers this season, but uh, I think they take care of business at home against the rivalry Raiders. Yeah, I think we can all tell that Packers are very much in their mind at the moment. Um, okay, following week, Enthroners at Vienna. Um, yeah, I think if Enthroners are going to come close, it's going to be in the first game of the second game. Um, but I think Enthroners could be a good team this year. But I just think, as I said in previously, domestic talent just won't stack up well against Vienna's. Yeah, I think Hungarian football is a bit of a mystery for me personally. And um We'll see. I'm sure they got some talent, but uh, it's tough for new teams to come into the ELF, um, regardless of how established you are. Um, another team joining the Prague Lions. So Vienna will finish the season in Prague uh, with a W, in my opinion. Uh, so I think that has them at one loss, 11 and one. Maybe a cupcake regular season heading into the playoffs. How do you yeah, feel about I that, Dan? Yeah, I think it's going to be definitely a, like this is not a hard schedule. I mean, unless one of these teams comes out and surprises us, I feel like one of probably maybe one of the best teams in the league, the reigning champions, probably have one of the easiest schedules in the league. 
um, which I don't actually think does them any favors, just because we actually we now have an extra playoff game as well, and I just feel like it could, yeah, it could ill prepare you for the playoffs, and they could lose against one of these teams coming in that have had a had to grind their way there, and they're used to getting punched in the mouth and swinging back. So yeah, um, I think it's gonna be a tough one in the playoffs if they if they go ten and one or eleven and one. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, imagine they'll play Ryan Fire or they, I guess they would probably play the second best team in the Central Conference. So that would be like Ryan Fire or Galaxy or Paris. So it's a pretty good squad. Oh, um, well, they don't play one of the wild cards. They don't play one of the wild card teams if they're top of the. Yeah, so I imagine they would play like the second place team in that Central Conference would be the top yeah. wild card. Uh, or one of those. So maybe Galaxy or Paris or Ryan Fire, depending on how it shakes out. But all those teams are pretty good and have ELF experience. Um, so, yeah, we had the grind in the playoffs for whoever they face. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it to the end of the episode, please like and subscribe and stay tuned for our next edition of State of the Franchise.